0: Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the Drafting Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five star review. I'm with Tony venerable, Frank Shannon, who apparently is finishing up some notes for us.
1: Yes. Yes. All right, all right. I am not unprepared today. <laughs> but I'm never unprepared. I'm always, you know, it's just I just got well, let down a little bit. Cover some stuff.
0: Well, welcome to the off season, guys. How does it feel?
2: <sighs> Barf, no, thank you. Uh, it when I saw the divisional round lines come in uh, after Shane and I did guess the lines today on PH Nights uh, bets daily, it, it really saddened because I'm like, oh, the Cardinals are on it here. Well, of course not. They've been terrible for the last seven weeks, and they're out of the
1: playoffs now. It it feels it feels like way too soon because we could having imagined so much more for this team and for the fans, we could have imagined for ourselves so much more. We're talking about division championship, division championship game and talking about how, 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 how much better this team has gotten. And from what it was two years ago, that it wasn't, uh it wasn't a a, a bad decision to keep this team together, to bring Cliff in, to bring Kyle Murray in, to add JJ Watt, to figure out where we're trying to get to in this off, you know, what we had done in the offseason to where we are now and where we was, excuse me, where we was, it just feels like this is too soon because I don't think we've, we've, scratched the, we've scratched the surface of what our real potential should have maximized this year. And it just feels like it's just too soon for us to be here.
0: I'm somewhat happy to just be off the roller coaster. Like I needed off the ride. Like I felt like we were on a, you know, I don't know if you guys are big into roller coasters, but growing up in Northeastern Ohio, Cedar Point, Six Flags. I was a big roller coaster enthusiast. There was one type of roller coaster that she just knew that she didn't want to go on. That was the old wooden roller coasters because hurt your back, hurt your neck. I mean, it was just like, it hurt to go on it. You wanted the new like metal uh, new technology, smooth riding roller coasters. I felt like I was on a full blown wooden roller coaster by the end of that, and like got off like dizzy, limping, like a kink here, needed a few adjustments. And uh, so I'm just happy, kind of, that we just it's it's over because that wasn't fun towards the end of the season there.
2: Well, no, halftime of that game, cheers in the press box. Like it was very much like I want to leave. I do not want to watch this team anymore. And yet, there it was in SoFi Stadium, right up in our faces, of this team non-competitive for really the fifth time in six games. So uh, I'm with you. Mercifully, it's it's ended now. You know, come April, May, June, we're going to be craving some football and hopefully some revamped Arizona Cardinal football. So we'll build up to that point. But yeah, it just I, I don't know what's worse. That or you lose a heartbreaker that sticks with you for many, many months after the fact. I, I Give me a competitive team nine times out of ten, but this one—I I think a lot of the fans felt the same way. Like, good riddance, end this season. We don't care what you say in your post-game or your next-day pressers. Like, we just—we need some time, Cardinals. We need some time from you.
1: I, I agree with you, Cherson. I think that's a great analogy because that emotional roller coaster we was on was. We just didn't know who we had. We didn't know what team we was who was showing up on from week to week. Um, I remember in nineteen ninety eight when we was when we, how we got to the playoffs was we had to win the last you know four out of six games, and winning was it felt so good at the end of the season, and then when we got into the playoffs, it felt that much better. But but what we were on Jesse that emotional and mental anguish of not knowing who was going to show up, um, losing to teams that we should have beat. Um, just not having answers for why we're losing and then just being disappointed. Like they just let the air out of the bag. And I, I totally agree with that. I think that's a great analogy because that's what it felt like the last couple of weeks of the season. And I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> the description you gave was like, I'm tired of that ride. And that's what it felt like because it was never just a consistent ride. It was a bad ride. And it was watching our team look like they were just trying to crash, but they couldn't crash because they they, could, they they put off a win. I agree with you. That's a great analogy of a
0: roller coaster. Yeah. Roller coasters can be fun, but if you pick the wrong one, you just can't wait to get off of it, even if you love them. Well, we already have some people in the chat saying fire cliff. Just want VJ gone, please. Says Brandon. Uh, we we talked at length about Cliff Kingsbury and his job yesterday. So I want to talk more about Vance Joseph because it was uh, reported today by Ian Rappaport that he is interviewing for the Dolphins head coach job on Friday. So some people want to see him go. So they would very much welcome him being hired elsewhere. Some people just want him fired other people. And that's a small minority at this time, just, you know, Uh, think that he should get one more shot. So should he stay? Should he go? And if he stays, where is the ceiling with Vance Joseph? Because you want to talk about, you know, developing guys and, you know, the the chances that he's gotten and what he's done and scheme and record and this and that. Uh, There's so much to dissect when it comes to VJ.
2: Well, they've, they've given him a plethora of individuals, high picks and free agent signings alike to work with. And yeah, you know, Isaiah Simmons is flawed and Xavier Collins is a, is a raw rookie, but he was brought in to, to grow a unit in a culture where he could dr- draft and develop some of these young players and, and get them to reach their potential, much like Cliff on the offensive side. And you could make an argument, both of them need to do a better job. But I, you know, I look at a Byron Murphy who got progressively worse as the season progressed really outside of the two safeties in Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson most everybody on the defense progressively got worse, and I just—I would back add Marco to, Wilson
0: to that as well. That was yeah. a glaring difference because he was such an exciting player to start the season, and was the reason that they didn't skip a beat. Uh, when uh, Malcolm Butler decided to retire, it was oh my god, we got Marco Wilson. He's exceeding expectations, and he just didn't. I mean, he battled injury as well, but uh, he just didn't finish. Uh, you know, it was a downhill trend with him too.
2: Yeah, and my only pushback is, you know, he's a rookie. I, I There's there's some leeway there. Byron's in his third year. Byron was the 33rd overall pick, and he was a liability at the end of the season, especially in the red zone. I mean, he gave up so many touchdowns. And you think about Steve Kime and all of their scouts put in all of that time, whether you agree with their picks or not, in the offseason, and they take players high in the draft, and they want to see them play on Sundays. I, I think Vance Joseph is a... Good to sometimes great defensive coordinator. I think what he showed this year, taking the team on the road to Cleveland, coming back home, going two and zero in the interim status while Cliff was on essentially the coach's IR with with COVID nineteen. I think he deserves another shot to be a head coach. But I also think that what the Cardinals have is a disconnect in philosophy def- defensively from the players they draft, and then what Vance Joseph wants to do. There are a lot of people. And I'm leaning this way as well, that, that they think that they probably should move to a, a different scheme defensively, a four, three scheme, and let Simmons and Zavian play their natural roles of Will linebacker and a Sam linebacker. Um, because I don't think they have the personnel run a three, four right now. And that's why you're seeing Joe Walker play. And that's why you're seeing Tanner Vallejo play and, and Jordan Hicks, you know, the unquestioned starter for three straight years. So it's, it's tricky because, I think outright firing him would send a lot of red flags to coordinators that you would might want to pursue. But then you look at the fact that they gave up almost 30 points, you know, in, in their last seven games on average. And that's on, that's on Vance. So I think best case scenario is he gets hired. I would not, uh, after the hiring cycle is over, I would not dismiss the possibility of them potentially, doing it like a parting of ways, not a firing, but something, you know, a m- little bit more eloquent than that. And then going to find somebody, but you know, you fire Vance Joseph, you better have a Vic Fangio or somebody like that lined up that matches with what you want to do from your personal standpoint. So, Can I just pose
0: one question? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. What are the chances that Steve Keim just got this Avan Collins pick wrong? Like, why does Vance Joseph then have to adjust and it gets all the blame for for Zavin not panning out as a rookie? Maybe he, Steve Kahn just didn't make the right pick.
2: Well, but then I, I would I would definitely say that's a certain possibility. But I think it's the track record of sitting Simmons last year, and now you're sitting Zavin, and then Simmons isn't even playing 100% of the snaps in the playoff game. He was platooning with Tanner Vallejo. That to me is a huge red flag. I don't know how you how you handle that if you're Steve Kime, because you can't go into your combine press conference, you know, in a month from now and talk to, you know, reporters and media alike about your recent picks that don't play for your court. like I they said all offseason, remember when they said we got these two trees in the middle of our defense. That's all they said. Our two. I remember. Yeah, that's what Steve
0: Kimes said. Steve (laughs) Kimes was the one that said that, and nobody, no fan was happy that we got some linebacker that nobody knew his name from Tulsa when that pick was even made, and now everybody's all up in arms because he's not playing.
2: Well, the the ceiling with him is. I would. I would argue. Frank, you want to say something?
0: Say it, Frank. I I
1: love. (laughs) I think that. I, I want to take both of you guys' points, and I think they—they they, both of them make sense completely. Um, I think that what you initially started out with, John, was the fact that you know, based upon the scheme and the, the, the players that we brought in uh, from through free agency and some of the guys, some of the other players we brought in from the secondary are were very good picks. Did it match Vance Joseph's scheme? Our defensive scheme was actually considered a three-four defense. But it looked like it turned into a four-three defense when you realize that you don't really have four actual solid linebackers to play their, the wheel, Mike, and Sam roles. And I think that was exposed. I go back to what you just said, Chicken, is that we talked about this earlier. If Zavin's Collins not playing, then the problem is maybe he's just not, he's not in the right system. He comes from a four-three defense. He's the Mike linebacker. He has all the skill set and the size of it, but it just uh, he just didn't fit what we were trying to do. Now, barring the injuries of losing, you know, Peters and Phillips during the season because of injuries as well as COVID, that has to change your defensive front. Then we lose, then we lose uh Chandler Jones on the outside and Marcus Golden. Both of these guys are kind of flip-flopping between. So you it affects how you start to call your game plan. Then we lose JJ Watt. So that changes your front interior. We had Gardeck, Allen. Uh Tour, uh, we'll say Latour, La, La for like you, photo. Uh, photo. Thank you, sir. I was like, cool, I, I was jacking it up. Uh, I, was
0: up,
1: jacking up. <laughs> I saw it, I was jacking it up in my mind. Uh But I just say that that's the difference when you have to watch. And this question goes back to Vance Joseph. He's adjusting on the fly, trying to get guys to play the positions that they're not they're not capable of playing. Isaiah Simmons is not a two hundred and thirty five pound. Outside linebacker that can just stop the run or cover, you know, cover cover running backs at the same time. Those are challenges, and you have to have the right defensive scheme. Those things tend to, you tend to get exposed. I keep I keep saying this sometimes is that wherever your weaknesses are, a, a good coordinator is supposed to expose that. And we, we were weak up front in the middle of the interior line because of those because of those things we named earlier. Phillips, Peters, both of those guys had injuries. COVID showed up. That changed the narrative. JJ was playing inside defensive tackle when they really had him as a defensive end. That was supposed to happen. Marcus Golden was moving around. So Vance Joseph probably maximized his defense as much as he could, barring all the things that he had to deal with. Again, I go back to what you were talking about, Cherson. Did we draft the right guy with the intent? This is another first round draft pick that did not play, did not actually add a whole bunch of, you know, power to what he was supposed to bring, what he was supposed to bring to the table. This is another pick that is on Steve Kimes. When you realize these are first round draft picks that just does not manifest um, under his watch, and that has to you have to go back and ask. Well, I think that from my perspective, watching what Vance did, he tried to maximize those guys. Outside of that, you're talking about the number what 11th overall defense in the NFL, and you know that's not necessarily a bad position. But they what they could have been is one thing, but what we end up being. It's the number 11th overall defense under the, you know, head, under the, under the toolage of fast Joseph. I,
2: I don't want to come off as Xavier Collins fan club boy. um Cause he didn't, <laughs> he didn't do nearly enough this year. What I will say is this, he played the least amount of snaps of any first round pick that wasn't hurt this year. And That's crazy. I, I just crazy. can't, I can't stomach, if you have crazy. Devondre Campbell and, and, You know, it's Isaiah Simmons who didn't have consistent snaps at that position at the college level. I can stomach it a little bit more. When you make it clear, he's the starter. He goes through the preseason. He's doing the red and white game as the starter. He looks good at times. And he goes from that to just not playing. That's a Vance thing. And I I get it. That's a Vance 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 thing because they were a liability linebacker when they didn't play him. At the end of the season.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna so, go ahead and throw this out there. The red and white game means absolutely nothing. That's not well, a real no, game.
2: Well, but that's you had your starters on both sides. The Cardinals had their start he was a starter for the large majority of the off season. He was a starter next to Jordan Hicks, and then yeah, and I think
0: then, they gave him an opportunity to be a starter because that's what Steve Kime wanted, right? And he yeah. got his chance, and obviously something didn't pan out. So I'm just, I'm mostly playing Dev- devil's advocate here I because I think there could be another side to it. All I'm saying, and I, I, this is the final point, I know I already kind of made it. I'm, I'm just saying, it's, it's funny how general managers make the picks, and it's up to, and in this situation, a defensive coordinator. To make it all work. And if it's not the right pick, the defensive coordinator is getting the blame here. I, I'm just saying there could be a possibility that uh, Zavin just wasn't a good pick because, again, remember everybody, I mean, he won me- media members and fans because of it over with his introductory press conference. He was saying all the right things. He was fired up. Everyone was, you know, running with his, uh, his remember his phone call? He said some something about a horse, something with Steve Kime That was like a funny quote. Like everyone was super excited after they heard him talk about getting the opportunity to come out here and play for Arizona. But outside of that, everyone was like a another linebacker. Uh, Who's the, this the guy posi- at Tulsa?
2: The position itself is indefensible because of how many they've taken. The player was. So
0: maybe a- they should have gotten a, a veteran guy to come in and. and well, they had that, that with
2: Devondre, who, by the way, just made. This, how about this for an indictment of Vance Joseph? Devondre Campbell's first-team All-Pro with the Green Bay Packers this year. He got yeah, worse yeah. last year as the season went on. Zaven Collins was, by and large, a top 25 prospect. The board that they had in mind was picked clean. Both the corners were gone. All the wideouts were gone. He, I mean, like, a, again, people people go nuts over uh, collegiate accolades. He was the Bronco Nagurski Award winner, the Chuck Beritnikoff Award winner, Beritnikoff. Burnett, whatever it is, Lombardi winner. He was a first team All-American. Like he he was pro football focus, his highest graded linebacker in coverage in the history of their college rankings. Like he had a resume and he looks the part. I just, I cannot stand playing guys, especially late in the year, that aren't going to be a part of your future that are currently liabilities. That just to me, I can't stomach that. If early in the season we would talk about it, they were winning, so it's easier to digest, man. Joe Walker signed a futures contract today with the Cards, meeting. he is a afterthought of an afterthought of an afterthought. Zayvon Collins was was the 16th player taken. I can't, I just can't fathom that.
0: All right, I want to get to the comments because a lot of you guys have some thoughts on this. But first, uh, we are on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Unfortunately, the dra- the uh, Cardinals not a part of it. Uh, but the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL is celebrating anyway with a huge odds boost for new customers counting down to super bowl 56 you can get 56 to 1 odds on any team if you bet five dollars you're going to get 280 and free bets if your team wins if you're not a new customer well hey you can still get in on the action of the divisional round with same game parlays Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now using promo code PHNX. You're going to get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Again, bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That promo code is PHNX. As always it's 21 and over Arizona only gambling problem called 1-800 next step new customers only eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com/sportsbook for details. All right Cardinals update says wow why is my screen so small? <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, here we go. Also, a reason why this team doesn't have depth because Com can't draft. That's his only downfall as a GM, which is a huge concern. Everything else with contracts and trades is top tier. Anyone have any mm-hmm. comments before I move on?
1: I agree. You guys agree? I'd agree. I, I, I agree with him. Unfortunately, I just feel like that's the sad part because look, you're supposed if you're going to develop your team, you're going to do it in the draft. And our, our depth is, we have no depth across the board. I mean, I said receivers, we have depth. Running backs seem like we had depth this year. Um, but just on our defensive side, I don't, I don't think we have the depth that that we should have, especially on our defensive line. And they got exposed this year, unfortunately.
0: So Brandon says, this is, this is on Kime. The man can't draft first-round picks. Austin says, look what Micah Parsons did as a rookie with a competent D.C., Cardinals update, then again saying we don't know if he was the right pick or not because of Vance, so it's unknown. Good point.
1: But but let me Um, back up real quick because he said Michael Parsons – Michael Parsons is playing his position. He's not playing anything else but a defensive end. So if you use that, like, you know, you can talk about uh, out of a 3-4 defense flipping into a 4-3 defense. And, like, I agree with you, Tristan. They gave him plenty of chance to try to figure it out. Could he actually run the defense and be the leader on the defense? Make all the checks, make the right calls. That's what's that's what it requires you to do to be the Mike linebacker. You are the quarterback on the defensive side of the ball. And you gotta handle guys emotionally, you gotta get guys in the right spot. Of course, you got a lot of personality in JJ, got a lot of personality in Chandler, as well as Buddha Baker. These are all pro guys, these are guys that's potentially a couple of these guys will probably make the HOF. And that in that position or the ring of honor. And that conversation is your Mike linebacker has he's the quarterback on defense and Y'all talk to Jordan Hicks, You just and you can hear his conversation how he talks, how smooth he is. He seems very calm, very collective. He's a smart and intelligent guy. And that, to you, I mean, that says maybe, again, Collins probably could have played another position, probably could have went back right to the 3-4 defense, put him at a, as a defensive end, let him be one of the guys that comes around the edges, maybe outside linebacker at the park. But there's some things that got exposed that shows why he wasn't the guy and why Jordan Hicks was the guy.
0: You're right, Frank. Johnny and I did talk to Jordan. It was supposed to be the three I, I of
1: us. I didn't bring that up for that purpose. <laughs> I we we're just going to move past
0: that. We can we're in move the on. We can now. move we're
1: in on. No offseason now. It's because I wasn't uh, there. That's probably what
0: happened. Uh, good point here. Also, Ruddick was considered a bust because of our defensive coordinator trying to mold him into a player that he wasn't when he had a good. Coordinator, he flourished, but that was Vance Joseph. That was the one that moved him back, and yeah, he did flourish. And many people feel like we should try and get Reddick back here in Arizona.
2: Keim tried to make him an inside backer, so I 100% agree with you know Vance is not a bad team. Keim tried to make him a stand-up inside linebacker. He'd never played anything other than defensive end at Temple, and that was a foolish mistake. And Vance is good at his job. I just. Zavin Collins played linebacker at Tulsa, played Will linebacker at Tulsa. Play him there in the NFL. Why can't he play? Play him, please. I, I can't watch Joe Walker, Tana play linebacker anymore. I just can't do it.
1: That was, that was absolutely pathetic to watch, that the NFL linebackers that we got on our team and those two guys had the chance to play. Injuries I looked at – uh, Frank, bad. I looked at Cheerson in the
2: bad. press box, and I'm like, why isn't Isaiah Simmons on the field to start this possession against the Rams? Where is Isaiah Simmons? And he was platooning with Tanner Vallejo. Tanner Vallejo and Jordan Hicks, who may not be on the team next year, were the starting linebackers over Xavier Collins and Isaiah Simmons. Like, I I just think if you're Steve Kime and you have to go to Michael Bidwell, because Michael Bidwell is asking, why aren't, why aren't the first-round picks you're drafting playing? Then it's a Vance Joseph problem. That's why I think th- there could still be a fallout. So I'm not saying it's the right decision. And I'm not saying Steve is right. But I, I mean, Steve ranks higher in the organization than Vance Joseph does.
0: The Cardinals finished the regular season ranked 20th in rushing defense. They gave up 10 rushing touchdowns and seventh in passing defense. They gave up 30 passing touchdowns and then 11th overall, as Frank noted. Is this acceptable?
1: This is also the number seven, you know, number seven team in the NFL and, and getting forced turnovers. You know, but that happened all on the front end. Yeah, everything I know, happened I all even, on the front end. You know, like that's yeah. that's the eight and yeah, no and all these, these stats. Right, <laughs> these stats are literally primarily it's the same the thing front with end. the
2: offense. It's the it's a tale of two seasons. Yes. They were the number one scoring defense in the NFC for like half the season, and then when the back end of the season started and when Watt wasn't around. The run defense became embar- an embarrassment, and all a bunch of the def- defensive backs started going down. Or, as you pointed out, Marco Wilson, Byron Murphy started to get worse. Chandler Jones went through you know peaks and valleys, and then you know Marcus Golden kind of teed off a little bit. So I, yeah, the unit as a whole got worse in this. I think you have to focus with this team. You cannot look at the big picture. You have to focus on the last seven games when they went. One or two and six or one and five or whatever it is that when the division was on the line, when the playoffs were in on the line and in route in terms of seating, what did the team do? They were terrible. So I it's you're in this league. You're either trending up or, or trending down. The Cardinals are trending down because of how they finished.
0: OK, so then answer this question. I uh, again, I've been I apologize. I'm just playing devil's advocate here and Cardinals update is apologize. asking the question. If he hates rookies so much, then why did Marco Wilson play so much? I understand it was a weak position, so he could have played more, but so was the linebacker position. Um, It's not like he's never played rookies before.
2: Right, and Zach Allen played a lot, and the two defensive tackles last year, like he phoned to Rashad Lawrence, played a lot when they were healthy. It is just that linebacker position. That's it. There is something with that position – where Vance has a stigma against playing rookies, probably because he would rather go with a guy who is limited in his skill set, but can
1: has the I, I, I experience to take guys in the position. I I can't, but no JV, no, we can't let you. Yes, walk. I can't let you walk that dog. No, you got it. exactly. <laughs> as a coach, you got you want to win, and I, I'm just going to go back to like I think that Vance wants to win. And I think you want to give guys the best opportunity. You're not going to talk to Vance and say, when you listen to him speak, he talks about guys in a very articulate manner. He speaks specifically about what guys' skill sets are and what they're able to do and what they cannot do. He don't really bring them down. I apologize. Let me back up. He don't always tell us what he cannot do because some guys are developing. And I think that's been most of his press conference about his guys. This guy's coming along. We're bringing them along. These things that they do say from a coach standpoint. I just really think that the defensive scheme had to change. And I think that when we go back to college and learning the defensive scheme that Vance wants to run, you have to be a quarterback that has to be has the ability have, have to have the ability to put guys in the right spot, make the right checks, make the right calls. That's not just an easy thing you do from college to the pros. And we're talking about you said he played will linebacker in college. So that's not That's just an outside linebacker position. It's not really. That's actually the weak side linebacker position. So the strong side linebacker deals with the tight end and the offset of a maybe an H back. And that guy, a weak, a weak side linebacker is a guy that basically you set on the line and he's he has the ability to blitz and stunt and dog and do other things to the defense line. That's literally how it works out. I don't know what happened to him. I believe in everything you said statistically about what he brings to the table. He will be a good linebacker for us in the future. I think the defensive scheme changed so much that based upon the injuries and the COVID protocols that some of the guys went through, it it didn't always fit the guy. So sometimes it's not, it's better not to have a guy lose his confidence in the NFL at a young age than it is to throw him out there and say, hey, you played, but now what? You just you got embarrassed on live TV. Trust me when I say this, there's somebody on the other side. I want to kick his butt like and just drive power drive him to the ground. Tell him in his face that your mama watching you on TV, and I'm doing this <laughs> to you, and I'm going to do this the whole game, dog. So keep coming back. You you don't want to lose a guy. I'm serious. We, the goal is to steal your heart. That's, that's the goal is to steal your heart. And I just I, I have to respect that. I think that there's a part where he will be a good linebacker in the NFL and with was on the Cardinals. He just wasn't this year. And I I don't think that that's, I mean, that's, can Vijay is, you know, did VJ have a vendetta? I think that, like Marco Wilson, he proved that he could play. And when you prove you can play, you deserve to play. And if you can't do it, then it's my job to kind of protect you. That's kind of the, you have to do that. Like, even with Isabella, when you could, when he was good for the first couple of weeks of the season, it was worth keeping him. But when you realize that you can't do it, it's, you got to protect the guy's confidence and his emotions and making them look really bad because you might lose a player for the whole, not, not just the season, you lose for the whole NFL career.
0: So Johnny has to bounce. He's got his son's teacher conference.
2: What? I have to go be a dad. Uh, and I, I have to go. Hopefully my son gets high marks from his teacher. Probably not. He has been in trouble more often than not recently for uh, being rowdy with his buddies, but. You know, it's better than what I got to watch on Monday night with Cheerson the, 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 <laughs> the Zoom teacher conference that I will be watching. It, it, might be, it might be the
1: flag football that you put him in, Johnny. Now he's all full of testosterone and male. That's mel- true. He tried to <laughs> tackle <laughs> Frankie,
2: but Frankie, can, she can hold her own. But I will be back soon. Thank you, guys. Good to see you guys. Parent duty calls. Bye. All right. See you, Johnny. Right, see you, JV. <laughs> all
0: right. Elon says... Elon here just wanted to say the Cardinals regressed to a shell of an NFL team by the last game. I think a lot of fans are echoing that sentiment yeah. and uh, I, I want to transition into some free agent talk because a lot of big names are going to be free agents. And now is the time where conversations begin. Where does money go? Where does it not? And who do we keep around? Who do we not because of it? But first, Frank, did you know today was the day that we gave out uh the Kyler Murray jersey for those that in, were uh put themselves in the hat for the jersey giveaway on our Twitter?
1: I saw that. Yes, I did.
0: That's because Frank, you follow at PHNX underscore cardinals, so you wouldn't oh. miss a thing, right? Yeah. Nope. If if you have <laughs> nope. if you have no idea what we're talking about, that probably means that you don't follow us, which means you're missing a ton of stuff we do, everything from uh, exclusive content, to funny content, to breaking news, to giveaways and yes. fun games that we do on Twitter. So at PHNX underscore Cardinals, we'd appreciate if you'd give us a follow. Uh, if you want to, you know, we, we talked about how exciting this just being our first official season uh, as, a, as a media company and everything that uh, that we sort of <clears throat> were able to create. And that includes the community we were able to create. If you've been mm-hmm. following us along on this journey, have not become a member at go Want that extra content that you get with being a member, want to become a part of our Discord, want to get a free t-shirt from PHNXLocker.com. Uh, we'd we'd encourage you to become a member, become an official part of our family. Yes. All right. I don't know if I should get back to some comments before we, we, we discuss yeah. her. All right. Or, yeah, we got comments least, blown people,
1: up. People diving in, yeah.
0: My goodness.
1: <laughs> also, Blair. Cardinal.
0: Uh, so go ahead. You, you read it.
1: Jalen Blair says Mike linebacker because this is the hard position to play in the NFL. I agree with him 100 percent. Cardinals uh, was unwilling to let Collins play through his mistakes through, though in training camp. They said they would. And I I can say that training camp is different. And I think they probably gave him a chance. But I, 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 I agree with you, Jalen. But I got to go back, man. I'm telling you all. We drafted, a, we drafted a running back, Leland McElroy from Texas NM, who was the number one special teams player and a hell of a running back um, from Texas NM and and one of the best special teams, skilled athletes to come out of college. We drafted him in the second round. He got here. They tried to give him a chance to play running back. He struggled. They tried to give him a chance to be the punt returner. And a couple of times he dropped balls in practice. The coaches got on him so hard that when he, by the time we got into the game and he dropped one ball – emotionally he was done and it wasn't, Shot, he wasn't yeah. a good play. He was just shocked Cause it just, he felt like he had no confidence in what he was doing as a player. He didn't think he was doing what the coaches wanted him to do. Right. And so sometimes as a coach, which we don't see behind the scenes, I'm sharing this because I've, I've been in a locker room enough with this stuff to see guys who you thought were great athletes turn out to be guys who struggled in the NFL. I can probably say the same thing. The NFL moves a lot faster the guys are bigger, stronger, and it's, and it's four quarters of football. It's not like how it is in college when, Chirsten, if I go play a team, I'm probably only going to play three or four top athletes against that team. Right. Unless you play in Ohio State or Alabama or Clemson or something like that or Auburn. <laughs> not Had to lately. throw it in there. Well, but <laughs> not lately. But I'm just saying, so that's the part where guys – he will be a good linebacker in the NFL. And the system and the scheme we'll put together with him will probably fit. If Van stays, he got he had a year to sit under it and learn. But, Jalen, I'm telling you, man, that's it. I had Eric Hill from Louisiana, Ron McKinnon. Those are two Mike linebackers that were smart, physical, guys that picked up on the schemes real fast. They knew what they were doing, and it made it a lot easier. Uh, but it's a tough position. And hopefully that he'll become the guy that we want him to become in the future.
0: Elon says cheerson believes Andy should have had touches in the season to see how he plays in a real game. No, I never said that, but I do think that he deserves to go to a team that will give him the opportunity in a, in a game to see that to see how he plays and to see how he's developed. Uh, Also, Kyler was throwing to Andy pregame. On uh, Monday, I almost said Sunday, on Monday. So maybe his role is, you know, every pregame, every game before the game, he's the guy that, you know, helps helps Kyler get warmed up. And listen, if that's his role, that's his role.
1: I want that. Good for Andy. I want that job. <laughs> I want to get paid for that. I definitely want to get that's paid. That's
0: a beautiful that. job to have.
1: <laughs> it's a great job to have. And the, and the backup quarterback. I always say the backup quarterback and the vice president of the United States are the two best jobs on the planet. <laughs> you don't have to do anything until the original guy gets hurt. It's the best job. Brandon Andy, speaks is, in the chat. Is, is that a chat right there?
0: That's a super chat. That's what, what you're looking at.
1: Okay. Brandon Braden says, I says I one, our number one priority of free agents should be, Is it, do you think it's our O-line, our D-line, or do you think it's our Mike lyon and chips?
0: Well, I don't think – well, shoot. I mean, we don't know exactly what's happening at that – at that with Savin Right. <clears throat> so if there's like an actual issue going on and, and, and for some reason he's not going to develop, uh, you know, Cliff said in his exit interviews yesterday that he expects um, Zayvon to play a lot more next year, whether that's blowing smoke or just saying what people want to hear. I, I don't know. I, I would think that he's going to make big strides and the off season heading into a second year in the league. And so I wouldn't even touch that Mike position
1: Uh, in
0: terms of offensive line or defensive line. They need a lot of help on both sides. So number one priority. oh Sheesh. Uh, And they, and they, the offensive line, I feel like trended in the wrong direction too, towards the end of the season. That was a unit as a whole that I felt was strong and uh, they just did not play well as of late. I would, I'm gonna say defensive line. I mean, geez, they. I mean, both both units need help. I'll just say defensive line because they couldn't stop the run. But uh, I, I'll say defensive line.
1: They I both like need pick. help. Well, they both do need help. I think that our defensive, our, our offensive line has a little bit more lift in the contract part portions of their program or what they have going on. Our defensive line right now, we have guys in free agency that that's gonna that, that could literally decimate our entire defensive line and we'd be starting over from scratch. If uh, if they don't make the, they don't get signed. These guys signed early, or come up with a contract that will fit JJ Watt's potential as well as you know Chandler Jones' potential, or we just have to move on from those guys. So, in the draft, um, I like I like O line because I believe that we're going to have to find a way to protect Kyler and give him the pos- and put him in a position where he feels 100 confident um, in his offensive line, defensive lineman based upon the scheme that you're playing. And whoever whoever's coaching the the defense, um, we have to get guys. We we can find ways to move guys around, but you need somebody to protect Kyler because he's our number one pro. He's our number one um, player right now on the team.
0: Yeah, I would say maybe offensive line m- more so in free agency than the draft. NFL AZ Cardinals says we need to spend money on our O line. History shows we also suck at drafting them. Um, Jalen says number one priority has to be right guard. Um, I want the strongest O-line in, in the NFL, says Elon. Yeah, that would be nice.
1: Yeah, I agree with him. Here is You know what? We're talking about Vance Joseph, and that was on the table earlier about who, and we still haven't answered who we should keep or who we, who we, who we should let go right now. Um, but I just want to add this. We don't know if the team is going to keep Cliff and if Vance yeah. is going to be here. I don't know that. I, have no, I don't know that right now. Those are still question marks that's on the table. They can talk all they want to talk, but after watching what everyone's talked about in chat, and you too, Chirsten, these last seven games have been absolutely horrendous to watch. And as a coach, as an owner, as a general manager, you have to make a decision with the player, with the, with the man that you brought in to lead your team. And if he can lead you for five games or seven games, that's just not enough. I need more out of you. I need more out of you. And so those are co- those are questions that to me right now are the unless they come out and say we're signing Cliff and we're signing and we're signing VJ to another contract, then I just right now I'm struggling with this 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 first part of this first week of the offseason for us.
0: Yeah, I agree. Let's get to our little game we're gonna play. So okay. We love that everybody's been so involved in the comments. Here's an opportunity for you to get more involved in the comments. Lots of There's big names, crazy. and we're just picking the top six guys that are gonna that are free agents right now or will be free agents in 2022, however you want to say it. But there is a long list of guys. So here's the top six. You can only pick one. Is it Chandler Jones? Is it Zach Ertz? How about James Conner? How about yeah. Christian Kirk? What about AJ Green? And lastly, Chase Edmonds. You can only pick one. Frank,
1: huh. who's your who's your one? The one I wanted is not on the board. So uh my number the one. The free uh,
0: agent that you wanted to that one free agent you would keep around is not on the board? I
1: mean, no, no, no. Who no. is it? No, I'm not gonna say it. I'll just I reserve it. You're gonna ask it another time. I reserve it. Uh I think the locker room is is a sensitive situation right now because I feel like that they didn't have any direction the last um, last seven, seven weeks of the season. I believe that I, Zach Ertz is up on his contract. Yeah. Really? Yeah,
0: he's up. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, I'm, I mean, he's going to ask for so much money, we're not going to be able to pay him. Um
0: but if you uh, listen to him talk yesterday in the exit interview, he, he was saying everything that would suggest he wants to be here. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't deny that, but Max Williams was, I mean, he was playing really well at the end of the season. I, I he's up too. To, I know. So if I have to, I'm keeping, I'm keeping, I'm keeping Zach Ertz. It's hard to find a tight end in the league that is healthy, can do the stuff he does. I think he's, he is an X factor to what we can bring to the table, but it, I got to go with Zach Ertz in this situation right here. I love tight ends. Tight ends ends are the X factors in the NFL. They kind of balance out defenses. And if you have a good one and you're using them properly, I'll keep Zach over any one of those guys right now. He'd be my top priority sign.
0: For me, it's really hard. I go back and forth between Zach Ertz or James Conner. I don't think you could go wrong with saying either one of those guys. They played such a role in what the Cardinals were able to do on offense. Um, Zach Ertz came in, and and with even with Max Williams playing as well as he did, uh, Zach Ertz just didn't skip a beat, scored a touchdown on his very first game as a Cardinal. Uh, was a, I think he had more receptions or targets than... Um, than anyone since he was signed. And so such a big part of this team. He's obviously talented, but also a leader. You can't on on a team that everybody's talking about lacks leadership. He is a leader in the locker room, but you know, who else is is James Connor. So I'm just going to have to go with James Connor while he was out. The Cardinals missed him. I, I think that he is, you know, running backs, running back is one of those positions where I feel a lot of times like, not to downplay the guys that are out there, but a lot of times you can deal with just like a mediocre running back and still have success at times. I just feel like James Conner is another brings another level to it. Like we thought that I thought that Chase Edmonds was going to be the number one back, and he's I mean he's great. He's got skills as a, a pass catching back, which is phenomenal. Um, he can do a lot of things, but he would be somebody that I would look to and just say, you know, he's just, he's just another running back, right? James Uh Connor to me is more than just another running back. And he's a guy that you need because he's your goal line guy. He's your red zone guy. Um, I'm sure that they could get somebody else in, but why would you want to? Um, James Connor to me was, one of the best offseason acquisitions, and I think they need to do everything they can to keep him around. But again, Zach Ertz is a, is another. I mean, I hope they can keep both of them. Um, the, there's a there's a lot of tough conversations that are going to be had this offseason. Yeah,
1: the emphasis definitely will be placed on you know um, our receiving core and our quarterback. I mean, James Con yep. what he did this what what he did this year was spectacular. I think the market value his market value is going to jump and i am almost sure he probably will jump ship from from the Cardinals on what 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 they can offer him and what he's what his values on NFLs were
0: I hate to hear that I know like but the unfortunate part is when guys have good seasons that increases their market value you're right yeah. uh Elon Ooh. says James Connor no decision Jalen says Chandler Jones uh can't have Watt as the only great pass rusher threat if he gets injured I agree. um. Agree, I, I think you might be able to see what else is out there, um, depending on what Because remember, Frank, remember, remember Chandler Jones asked for, originally asked for a trade in the offseason because he wanted a long term big money deal. And I don't think that he is going to except unless he's like, what well, takes a hard look inside and says, you know, I underperformed the season. It wasn't up to my expectations. Unless he's able to do that and say, okay, for the, for that reason, I get it. I'm, I'm willing to accept less than what I originally was after. Then maybe we'll talk. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know that I would pay him anything extra to keep him around. Uh, anything extra in terms of what you feel is his value Cardinals I update. That. I think it has to be between Ertz or Connor, both help with red zone offense and gives Kyler a safety blanket. I I agree.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I, did, I, did, I did think that, you know, those are my two, those are my first two, which I would have picked Zach hurts as well as CJ um, or Jason. Yeah, who's
0: this mystery guy. That's not on the list.
1: Oh, um, but I, I, it, my mystery guy went back to, um, it went back to the two guys that I, I'm, I'm still not sold on right now. You guys think I'm playing? I'm not sold that they're sold on Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray right now. That conversation is a hot topic, and you have to wait to see which guys that you, the behind the behind the closed doors, they're willing to, you know, deal willing deal with, and that is, does Kyler fit Cliff's system? Does Cliff fit Kyler? And if you had to get rid of both of them, who would you replace him with? And how much money value can you get from, on, on, you know, in the league right now? And if you're willing to do that, you have to bring in other people that will be conversationally better than. And I know it sounds crazy. I know I'm talking stupid, right? Yeah, I know. But the NFL does a bunch of stupid stuff when you have a lot of money to play with and you have draft picks that you could that you could sell.
0: Well so you're going above and beyond the free agent talk of who's because, because Kyler's that wouldn't be a free agent until next year, I believe, but I agree with you on that. I'm not sold. I'm not sold on Kyler Murray whatsoever for a lot of reasons. He still has a ton left to prove. We've been getting a lot of questions just on social media asking whether or not he deserves that $40 million contract that he's after. Um,
1: People say they shouldn't pay him. I, I, I think that's crazy that we had this conversation of not paying a, a Pro Bowl quarterback his money because he had a bad game. They didn't do that to. I can I can name several other names of quarterbacks that got paid, and they stunk, and they stunk consistently. And when they got their money, they stunk. So it's not like that's a conversation to be had. You pay based upon performance and the position. You have a Pro Bowl quarterback. You pay for performance and the position – and right now, the top five at that position is making somewhere between 32 and 42 million dollars.
0: Yeah, Kyler ain't top five, though, uh, that's for sure. He's not, not in that, that conversation. That's
1: that's not true. He, let me tell you something. Kyler played 14 games this year and he's and he's in the top 10 across the board. Cross the board, he only played 14 games. Wait, he might not be in the top five, but he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. That's a Pro Bowl quarterback. How's he gonna take something less? He's not playing like he's not playing like your boy over in Cleveland.
0: No, um, I, I don't think he'll, right I don't field. think he will take anything less. I'm just saying if it gets down to the end of his, so he's got one more year, right? And potential. I would say, I would say if he has not shown that he truly is worthy of that kind of contract, I say the Cardinals move off of him rather than pay him that money and keep him around. I, if, it, he would, he's going to have to, he has a lot, to, a lot to go. In my opinion, a, a lot is, farther it, to go.
1: He's historically has facts. He has, he has stats historically. That's the best at that position at five foot nine. He's the, he's a pro bowl quarterback already. Didn't say that was, you weren't
0: sold on him and you want him to go?
1: I'm saying. Just your I, pick. I didn't say when well, I'm not sold on him. I just said that. I I just think that I would prefer, I would sign him. I wouldn't let him go. I just not sold that the Cardinals in the upper management are sold on both of these guys based upon the way this season has ended. And that's my concern. And then you have leadership conversations about Kyler right now, and that's unfortunate. So, you know. Uh,
0: yeah, first off, I would say to so Jalen's asking Cheerson, what does he have to do to prove it? Well, first off, Kyler was another guy. I mean, first off, Kyler looked like the moment was way too big for him on Monday. And I keep wanting to say Sunday, on Monday. <clears throat> Uh I think he still has to improve in terms of his pocket presence. You know, we talked about all what are you doing? Why are you taking 30 steps back and getting sacked for a loss of 20 and I obviously I'm being over dramatic about it, but I that mean there's still great. some parts of his game that uh that I have questions about and the biggest one is his leadership skills. I mean, if we're still talking about this after year 3, uh-huh. it's a problem. And if it starts to bleed into other players across the league or talking about it and there's a question of, you know, uh, leadership at the quarterback position mm-hmm. is such a big deal. And Frank, you know better than me. I it's such present. a big deal. It, when, when adversity strikes, when you hit the postseason, season, et cetera, you've got a guy that's sitting his butt on the bench. He's not getting up. He's not rallying his teammates. He's not sending a certain message. He's more of a me guy when he's such a perfectionist. He wants to do well. There's no question that Kyler Murray wants to do well. There's no question that he wants to go play in the Super Bowl. I'm not right. doubting that, but I am doubting that when that doesn't happen and things fall short for him, does he crawl into his shell and get ticked off about it? Or does he pull himself out of it and lead his teammates the way that he, they should be lit, be led. So there's got, there, there's what I need to, I need proof to me for sure.
1: It, it, it will it will be uh <laughs> it will be on display, and that's why i say i have to be patient with some of the things i'm answering because i feel like it's not it's not a it's not a one in, it's not sold yet that these are the two people that we're gonna keep so i agree uh Miguel says i agree Colin may not be a top five quarterback I just lost wherever that was at.
0: But oh. don't forget who else who also led the team to a ten and two record. That O line didn't help Kyler at all this year.
1: That's true. So it's all good. We'll figure it out. But I, I like where we're at right now. I do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not completely against Kyler at this point. I, all I said was I still there's still more that I need to see, I and I think agree. that's perfectly fine after a season like this to say it.
1: You know, this is still a Pro Bowl quarterback. Like, there's only, like, there's only three guys that get picked for that. So not to be a top five, there's only three guys that get picked for that. Right. So everything else we're talking about, the league recognizes how great he is. There's other things I agree with you that he needs to improve on, but we have a really good quarterback. I'm just not so that everyone's sold on him upstairs. If if there could be a bargaining chip for that conversation because – this is the only reason why I said I'm nervous about the college situation, is because I don't want to have another Dak Prescott conversation. How it was, you didn't want to sign him and you put him through that process of mm-hmm. having to play out a year and it up destroying the locker room, and the Dallas Cowboys suffered for that. And I just don't want to see that happen with the Arizona Cardinals because you have a disgruntled quarterback who's supposed to be your leader. That would be I agree. That. so. Now, I agree. But all right. All right. All so right. Let's take.
0: Well, let's take a moment here. We'll get back to the comments, but let's take a moment for a message from the Arizona Department of Health. Children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool that we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with the virus. The COVID-19 vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized. It can also reduce the risk of dying from the disease It is safe, free, and highly effective. COVID-19 vaccines are available throughout the state of Arizona. You can visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you to help make sure that we are all healthy, that we all stay out of the hospital. Again, you can visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you for your free vaccine. It is the best tool that we have to reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease, azhealth.gov slash find
1: vaccine. Mm.
0: All right. What, what uh, comments were you looking at here, Frank?
1: Uh, Sean Murphy says I don't see any better option, not, not opposed to re-signing him, but I don't blame them if they don't, uh, if they don't uh, is all I am saying. If they don't, you know, they don't blame him if they don't, if they, if, if they don't sign him. So um, Jalen says, Jalen Blair says, hey, um, and he made both of these Pro Bowls on original ball- balloting, not as a replacement, which is another great point. So, I mean, this guy, you know, look, we got a good quarterback, uh, but what Chisholm was asking for is who, who could we sign and not lose as a free agent? Going back to Zach Ertz, my guy, she said Jay, she said James Conner is her guy, um, and I like it. I like, I like your pick on that because you do need that leadership in that.
0: All right, let's get to our final segment here, which is... Oh, Newman wants to say hi. Hey,
1: New. Newman. Hey, Newman. Look at him, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look at my dude.
0: <laughs> Uh, luckily, Newman doesn't bark. He's a good boy. He, you don't he bark, doesn't bark. Do no. What
1: kind of dog no. is that? that don't.
0: I mean, if something is um like threatening him or whatever, but he usually doesn't bark. He doesn't bark for no reason, which is good. Like random sounds and stuff like that, he's good at at mm. that. Or other dogs, like he's quiet. He keeps to himself. Okay, let's get to our final segment, which is the Bird Gang Blitz Mailbag. Mm. We've got some tweets that we pulled from our viewers as always, and yes. we are – we've got four minutes, so we hit an hour here, Frank. So let's try and see if we can wrap this up in about five or so because we like oh. to keep our pods at about an hour. Okay. What's the chances Sean Kugler gets the boot? This is from Sean Marks, our loyal listener here at PHNX. Offensive line had a lot of mental mistakes in the run game without James Connor. Connor's sheer will probably – would have been non-existent, don't mind the Sean on Sean hate. We we don't mind it. It's a great question. Uh, Sean Kugler, a guy that got a ton of praise to start the year because he also was elevated to run game coordinator, yes. which I actually think was an improvement from last year. But, yeah, the offensive line that did suffer a ton of injuries. But that, I mean, up front, you, on both sides of the ball, every single team – it's just the nature of of that those positions you're gonna deal with uh, with big time injuries, covid related absences. they dealt with a ton. there was a stat heading into the uh the regular season finale that was basically the Cardinals had not played with the starting five that they were going to take into the postseason so, I think originally Josh Murray was on the line to start the season as a starter, um, and then got replaced. So after that replacement happened, that the starting five had not been together uh before until the season finale. They, they went through a lot.
1: Look, so, <laughs> I like Sean, Sean on Sean, Sean Sean conversation don't hate. I like that. Um, but I do say I agree with you, Chipson. He did he got a lot of praise early in the season. And again, I just I have no understanding of what happened after week nine I have no idea what happened to this team after week nine from the running game perspective or from the passing game perspective I know there was still constant changing of their offensive linemen Rodney Hudson wasn't healthy for most of the year through COVID and injuries and he's our center we brought him in we see how impactful he is when it comes to having him in there and unfortunately just he wasn't healthy this year um and he was supposed to be a leader so but i just don't know what i, I mean i don't know what happened to this team and i think Sean Kugel is a is a good coach um i'm just not sure um i don't know what happened behind the scenes and why it seemed like it failed um and maybe i will say this here let me go back i remember this happening to us on our team real quick i remember this happened to us on our team and the only thing that was a difference was we 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 had a great game plan and we had a Great offensive scheme we was going to run during the season, Cherson. And then when guys started getting hurt and we had to replace them with guys that was not as good as the guys that were supposed to be the mm-hmm. starters, we had to dumb down the offense. And we had to make it where it was just like zone blocking and not, you know, really stunning and dogging and twisting guys around or pulling the right guards or running counters and traps and stuff we had prepared for. And I think uh, sometimes you miss that because you want your guys to play because they got in the jersey. But – something happened tremendously where we, our offense and our defense just did not look the same.
0: Yeah. Guys like Sean Harlow, for example. Yes. All right. Next question. Why Cliff doesn't dictate running plays? Does Kyler refuse? So I'm assuming that's just simply why doesn't he dictate more design run plays for Kyler? Well, it's been clear. Kyler made it clear that that's not the quarterback that he wants to be, but it does make me wonder I felt a key to to Monday's game was to get Kyler involved more in the run game. And, I, you know, I've said it all, all week long, like heading into the game – this is a good thing that Kyler didn't really, that he sort of saved his legs all regular season because man, he's got fresh legs and a great opportunity to do everything that he's capable of doing. And one of the reasons that he is such a good and highly praised quarterback or Mm -hmm. can be is because he also is such a big threat with his legs. And we didn't see that. I thought we were going to see it more. And so it does, it does make me wonder if the conversations between them is like, Kyler saying, like, I'm not running those plays.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I was wondering if he was asking the question, was it from the standpoint of the offensive running plays or was it from Kyler, Kyler himself refusing to run because he didn't want to run individually? So I, I think I, it
0: was, uh, oh, I, I see what Kyler you're saying. saying. I interpreted, I interpreted, I interpret oh my God, what's well, the well, word? you
1: interpreted Interpreted, interpreted, yeah. As Lord,
0: it Kyler. I interpreted as if it was Kyler being uh, Kyler running the ball.
1: This itself. team is the number. This team was the number ten team in the NFL in rushing yards, a little bit less than 2,100 yards. Number four in the NFL in touchdowns from the running back position. Look to have a to have a, a balanced offense. This team also had six thousand, little a bit, little bit more than 6,300 yards total offense. The offensive game plan was there. A lot of the execution was not there. And I think that's the part where I don't think Kyler had – Kyler gets to make the decision if he wants to run or not. But I don't think he's stopping Cliff from doing anything for his calling running plays. It just it just depends on what the defense is giving him. You have to make those decision at the line.
0: Agreed, agreed, agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to our next question from Ray. I'm convinced no one is getting fired. Vance mm. might get a head coaching job. Yes, we talked about that. So outside of staff, what side of the ball needs the biggest improvement? Just a general question, offense or defense, which one needs the most improvement?
1: Quick answer, defense, just because we got a lot of pieces that – I saw our two biggest pieces that might be gone between J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. Our offense line, our defense line needs to be fixed, and as well as that, our linebacking core needs to be addressed immediately.
0: I would say every position, like every unit, and I get uh, of every of both sides of the ball needs an upgrade. I would say Kyler is sticking around, so that quarterback, in and of itself, maybe would would count for something and therefore i would say defense but i think you need to take a look at oh oh running backs too all right for sure i'm sold defense every level of the defense needs an improvement every level (laughs) thank you you. I, I just talked out loud. I was thinking through it, <laughs> talked out loud. Like Thank you for allowing me to talk that through with you,
1: Frank. Oh, my God. It was so good. I appreciate it. It was like, yeah. ahead, okay, work it out. Work it out. Work it out. Defense. Okay.
0: Yeah. Defense definitely needs to improve. Yeah. Um, and we will have plenty of time to unpack probably every single player, every position. Yeah. Uh, and where the Cardinals should go from here. In future episodes, this is our final question. Should Cliff be fired, and do you think he gets fired?
1: Not since I got a tattoo. But, yeah. <laughs> I Look, I think there's some conversation needs to happen, um, and there's certain things that I will say this here personally. You have to go inside and really talk to him. You have to find out what happened and what didn't you do that could have made this team better. And I think those are the questions that might – and Steve will ask him, on, you know, to his face. And he has to answer those things like, like a man and like a coach that wants to coach an NFL. In college, he would coach 14 games and probably got close to the national championship. In the NFL, he's at 21 games right now. That's a long season, for sometimes for a college coach. We've already seen that the back end hasn't been good of the seasons that he's coached. So they're going to ask him some questions that, that he has to answer directly. If if he answers it rightly, he'll be our coach next year. And if he doesn't, he'll probably move on.
0: So Johnny seems to think that because he was doing exit interviews yesterday, that that meant that he was in the clear from getting fired. I don't think he gets fired, but I don't think that makes him in the clear either. I mean, I think if they decide in the next couple of days that he's not their guy and they could bring somebody else in that's better, then they would go for that. Um, Now I do think that he has one more year to sort of see where he can take this team. Uh So I don't personally think that he's getting fired. You could certainly make an argument for why he should go. Um, I think that just the trend of the way that his teams have finished seasons speaks for itself. You could argue that he's not the guy to elevate Kyler that speaks for itself if you're going to stick on Kyler and give him that contract. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons and you could point to as to why that he should be fired. Um, I think we see him for at least one more year though. Uh, I'll take one more question from the chat. Okay. And that was somebody asking you a question, Frank um, Gilbert wanting to know what position you would draft in the first round. He said, I would go O line.
1: No, I, I would not. Um, and the reason why is because I think I think you need to you need to go to defense. I like I, depending on where we are in finishing. I think in the top fifteenth in the NFL, you'd be somewhere between the number. I don't know what our draft pick number is, but I, I think I, I think we need somebody in our defensive line. There's some young college stars out there right now that can probably fulfill some areas in our defensive line. We need a defensive tackle, defensive nose guard, and anytime you can build build your defensive lineup. You always got that. So for me, thinking about where we are right now, across the board, I'm going defensive line.
0: I It is escaping me. It's middle of the first round. We do not yeah. have a good position here. So no. I can't remember off the top of my head. I should have. I should know this for officially in the offseason, but for some reason it is uh, it's escaping me and I can't quickly find it. So yeah, we don't have great position Sean, here. Sean says in the draft. that's number twenty
1: third We have the twenty third pick. The
0: twenty third. So. Okay, cool. Yeah, thanks, that's what I, I, I. Thank you. Figured it uh, was I, something like that.
1: I, I figured you know receivers were good on until you know we got some long term contracts. We got some young receivers that that are coming up. I'm, I'm okay with that. Our cornerbacks are young. They still got some time. They can, they can get better. Um, our defensive line is what's hurting right now, and contractually, whether that's probably one of our heaviest spots right now. We got twenty million in JJ with four point nine this year. We got eighteen in CJ. That's a lot of bread, and then we got to figure out how to co- negotiate with those guys if they want to come back. I think Phillips is up this year. Peters is up, so we got to figure out how we're going to negotiate that money. I
0: think both. Guys.
1: Yeah, and so when you look at that, you you just have to figure out you need somebody to defensive line. We got young studs in our secondary. Young two young guys in our, in our in our linebacker core, our defensive line needs to be built up, and you need to have some guys with a little bit of dog and an edge in them. And uh, I think that would be where I would go. And typically, you can find those guys out of the SEC. I'm just saying. Just
0: means more. I'm SEC biased. I am so incredibly <laughs> biased towards the SEC for having covered Tennessee for a few years and getting a taste of, I mean, I went from Arizona. So I, I grew up uh, full disclosure. I grew up an Ohio state fan just cause I grew up there. My dad's a big Ohio state fan. So, you know, that's one thing. I, I had never seen them play in person, but that that's one thing, you know, there's a lot of talent there. Uh, and then I went to Arizona state. Not to dog on Arizona State, but I covered them as a student. I was around the team and cool. uh, was around various other teams, uh, Air Force, Colorado, uh, throughout <coughs> my career. Then I got to t- uh, to Knoxville and traveled, watched all the SEC teams play, traveled to you know away stadiums. It is a totally. Different league, not even close. And those dudes coming out of high school look like grown ass men.
1: Grown ass men. <laughs> grown.
0: <laughs> Their linemen are yeah. the SEC, the linemen in the SEC don't even compare to linemen in any other league.
1: They do not. They're it's, a different breed. Yeah, they, they're five stars. You know and I mean, like, and I'm not saying like it's not across the country because there are some five star athletes go a lot of places, but. If you get a chance to see him, man, it's, it's night and day. They look differently. They they their physical physique is totally different. Um, but you got we got to make good decisions. You know our, our first round draft picks have been bad. I'm okay with Steve Kimes. You know getting rid of that first round pick, looking for some way you can go get it. You can you can go get another guy from another team and bring in experience. We got enough youth and positions that are key positions, but you got to have experience in positions that matter, that can talk to guys and get guys to, you know, you got to have guys with experience in, in, in the middle of that line, offense or defense, because that's where the grunt work is done. And not everybody wants that grunt work, guys. You guys are chiming in real good, which is the funny part that chiming in saying AB is a free agent. I don't yeah. know what AB they're thinking about, but that's, that's never going to work in Arizona. If we didn't go get OBJ, which I was begging for, But since we didn't get OBJ, we dang sure not going to get uh, uh, Mr. Brown at all. So you guys. I take
0: back what I said about OBJ. I would take him. I don't think my opinion on AB at this point is going to change, though. Definitely not. Not All right, Frank. We have plenty of time to continue our conversation on Friday. I will see you in the studio. We appreciate everybody who was chiming in on the conversation and our comments. It was a great conversation, successful. Felt like we made some strides here. Um, So great talking to you guys as always. If you haven't followed us on social media, subscribe to our podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel. As always, we would appreciate if you would do that. Frank and I will see you on Friday.